So Ron, uh, first off, uh, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, and, and by the way, you—I mean, you guys have been doing some some fantastic stuff with, uh, you know, on the Jimmy Dore show. I mean, yourself, Jimmy, uh, Steph, uh, Graham, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I mean, you guys have been uh, doing what mainstream news uh, refuses to do, and uh, I'm really glad that there's another outlet uh, for people to go to uh, to get actual factual information. So, uh, great job on that, by the way. No, well, thank you, man, and uh, thanks for having me on the show today. Yeah, I really appreciate this. Now, uh, Ron, look, our angle is, uh, you know, you guys on the show talk a lot about uh, the Democrats, in particular Bernie Sanders and Tulsi Gabbard, and, you know, the, you know, the progressive ideas, which, by the way, I agree with, that I align with. But, you know, I just feel that the, the system, you know, the, the representative system, has really failed us, and I mean, it has worked. Uh, it has worked a little, but I, I feel since the the Great Depression of the 30s, it's actually, uh, or actually even after that, probably even since the 60s and 70s, it's actually gone downhill, and politics has become so toxic, and um, it's really no longer a system I feel that we can use any longer. I mean, is there any truth to that? Um, absolutely not. I think the system's working great and everything's fine. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think that largely, I mean, well, first of all, a, a couple things. To, to back up a little bit, um, you know, I, there's a lot of people that feel like, oh, supporting someone like a Bernie Sanders or a Tulsi Gabbard is in some ways a fool's errand because, you know, like the establishment would never let them win anyway. Um, and I certainly understand why someone would feel that way, but my response to that is, well, you know what, we have to try, because the big thing is, if we're so loud that they can't ignore us, then we got a chance that they can't cheat us, you know, and uh, so, so I think that's important, and it's also important to, you know, turn other people on to these ideas. I mean, I mean, there is some momentum now for you know, policy ideas that were once considered uh, very fringe and very, oh, it's never going to happen. Well, now it's a reality. Um, but getting back to the system at large, which was, you know, what your question was, was based around, um, you know, there is a huge rot in American politics that, you know, there's, there's a number of offshoots of it, but it can really just be traced back to money and politics at the end of the day. So I think that largely our answer comes outside of electoral politics. I think it comes within uh, forming alliances and communities, acting locally, uh, starting at the grassroots level and, and, you know, running for city council and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but it also involves, you know, starting task force groups for different, um, different issues, be it net neutrality or municipal broadband, which is something I'm working on in my community. Um, and it involves activism, and it involves uh, helping out in your community. And, and so I think that the big answer comes, and it involves protesting. And another big thing that I think we need in the United States is I think we need a massive strike. And I know that that's easier said than done, um, but I, I think we need a massive strike in this country. So, so I think that's where the answer lies. I don't think it lies solely in, oh, we're going to just, 
we're going to just flip Congress or, or whatever, and, and all of a sudden things are going to be fine, or, oh, we're going to get Trump out of the White House, and all of a sudden things are going to be fine. That it's not going to work out that way. Um, you know, it's going to take a movement outside of electoral politics. Electoral politics has its place, but if you're going to rely on electoral politics alone, uh, the status quo isn't really going to change. So you touched upon the community, and and I think that's something. I mean, Canada and even the United States has actually moved away from. I mean, maybe back in the in the day, maybe in the '60s and the '70s, uh, you know, there was more of a community type um, feeling uh, where, you know, people would talk to each other about uh, pretty much everything. And then I guess a consensus would be formed that way. Um, but, but again, I, I, I feel that the, the political system that, you know, the two party down in the States and the three party here in Canada has actually done a great job in, in dividing us. Now, with that said, uh, you, you did say protest. And that's an interesting thing because in France they've been um, they've been more than protesting. I mean, there's like a, a revolution there, and it's kind of it's kind of been uh, provoked. I don't think they wanted a revolution. They wanted a change. They wanted evolution, but I don't think they wanted um, a revolution. But I think the, the the cops there are doing a, g a good job of provoking these protesters. But that's what they're fighting for right now is um, is revolution uh, or sorry evolution. But, but what they're also fighting for is a people's assembly. And essentially, you know, uh, I mean, I, I think we're in agreement here. We're, we're looking past uh, partisan politics because it doesn't work. And we're actually going back to the community. And we're asking the people, uh, perhaps maybe, you know, on all levels of government, not just the federal, uh, perhaps to look at or to talk and discuss and maybe find a consensus um, on moving forward on, on decision making. Um, how, what do you, what, I mean, what, what is your opinion on people deciding uh, on the issues instead of politics? I'm for it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that my big problem with our electoral system, and again, this is a symptom of, you know, corruption and money in politics um, and the donor class kind of, um, kind of capturing our political process, you know, our elected officials do not represent public opinion at all. I mean, there's academic studies that support this, where public opinion is actually barely considered in any decision-making, and, and that is beyond backwards. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I favor, you know, a more democratic process, uh, you know, like, no, no pun intended there. <laughs> but, um, but, and... You know, there's a number of ways to get there, but again, I, you know, like we were saying, I, I think it's gonna, people have to kind of get out into the street and protest and really make it clear that the status quo is, is completely unacceptable. Cause I, cause I think really, you know, when you break it down and, and, you know, you talk about how we've lost the sense of community, and I think that's happened all around the world. Maybe in some places more severe than others. But I really think that's a worldwide thing. And, and there, there's a there's a really good book called Bowling Alone by a guy named Robert Putnam that uh, really kind of explains. And, and he, he wrote it, you know, he, he's uh, from the U.S., so, so it is written from that perspective. But it explains how, you know, we've kind of lost that sense of community over the past, uh, I guess, about 50 years now. And, and he kind of explains, you know, how that erosion has happened and a number of reasons for it. You know, technology has a role in that. 
um, hyper-partisan politics has a role in that. The media, especially here in the United States, the media has a big role in that. So there were a lot of factors that contributed to all this, economic situations. Um, so I think that if we do get back to that and if we do, you know, kind of form, uh, you know, a better process where we really discuss ideas and we really try to figure out, you know, what's kind of the best world we can have where everybody just, you know, gets a fair shot and has, has a, has, has a decent life. And I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, people kind of just want to, they want to get a fair wage for their work. They want to be able to live and live comfortably. They want to put food on the table and they want to send their kids to school. Um, and they want to have an opportunity. I, I think at the end, and they want to be able to afford to go to a doctor, which, you know, that's a big problem here in the U.S. Um, I think at the end of the day, people kind of want all those things. I, I think we want to have a planet to live on. <laughs> or we want to be on the planet. The planet's not going anywhere. We might. We want to be on the planet. So, you know, I, I think we could really, um, you know, kind of do better if we actually um, give the people a voice. Yeah, I, th- I think at the end of the day, people want the same thing that you and I want. Uh, I, I think for the majority, uh, I think people don't really want the yachts and the big big house. And I don't think they're really interested in that, especially with with the poverty happening going on in Canada, United States, around the world for, for that much. Um, I think they want a simple life, but they, you know, they, they do want uh, an opportunity. You know, I, I think that a society, we should give everybody an equal, an equal chance and, and especially an equal say on all the issues for sure. Now, you were talking about the protest, uh, you know, how we need to go and protest, um, perhaps practice some civil disobedience, which I totally agree because, you know, they're not, you know, the politicians, the government's not listening to us. I mean, it's obvious. But what do you think, like, I mean, when you see all these protests with the Antifa and you see, you know, the Proud Boys, I mean, uh, what do you say to that and how can you stop this divide? I mean, wh- what would you say to people who have an opposite view of someone, um, but uh, at the same time, what, what can we say to these people that we have to stop being violent towards each other if, if we're going to progress? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in that... You know, a lot of that stuff that's been going on recently that, uh, you know, it, it's really sad to see stuff like that. And I, of course, do not, um, you know, I do not endorse violence at all. But, um, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that there's a quote coming to mind where it's like if, if you find yourself, um, and I, I'm, I'm trying to paraphrase it here, but it's like if you find yourself going after, you know, your peer, it, it's because you're being manipulated by someone bigger than you. Uh, so to speak, someone with more power. Um, and I, I think that's very true. Now, now, that being said, there are just some people with really disgusting views out there. There are people who are just straight-up Nazis or whatever else. And, you know, I think the, the best thing you can do is, is just stay away from it, uh, you know, try to ignore it and confront it. Um, in a constructive way and, and try to, you know, like, be rid of it. But, but I think as far as just the marketplace of ideas go, you know, I think that at the end of the day, the problem is, um, the way the 1% is running this country, the way the powers that be are running this country and how everyone else is getting kind of left by the wayside. And when you kind of see it from the perspective of, you know, they're leaving all of us out. 
this is between the haves and the have-nots, well then, you know, I, I think you can kind of have a better meeting of the mind. So uh, it, you bring up a, a great point how the 1%, uh, I mean, this is fact. Um, it's not a conspiracy. They are controlling the entire planet, and they're leading it, obviously, in the wrong direction. Now, my friend GM Shower and John Spritzler, who are promoting uh, an egalitarian-type society, uh, and when you get a chance, uh, look it up. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a logical solution as far as I'm concerned. But they also um, are advising that we remove the power f and the money from the rich. Um, do you, do you feel um, that this is the, the the way to go moving forward? That we should remove the the money and and the and the power? I agree with the power part, but what do you what do you feel about removing? or taking the money away from the 1%. you feel it's a good idea? Well, I mean, that, that's a very broad statement. I, I think you'd have to be a little more specific on that. I, do I favor fair tax rates? Absolutely. Do I favor um, the 1% being taxed at a, at a much higher rate than what they are now? Uh, absolutely. Um, and there's other things that I favor that I think are further down the road. I, I do favor salary caps. I do favor... Um, you know, certain, um, you know, certain price floors and price ceilings as far as how much wealth one can accumulate. I don't think billionaires should be a thing. I don't think it should happen. Um, but, you know, that being said, I'm also not against, uh, you know, I'm also not against markets. I'm not against, um, you know, somebody, if somebody invents something and it does very well, um, you know, of course they should you know, have the financial rewards of that. I mean, I'll, I'll give you, for instance, Uber. Um, recently, you know, there are people who are driving for Uber and Lyft and those car, uh, you know, car sharing services or whatever you want to call it, um, where, you know, they're having to live in their cars because the wages are so uh, terrible. And But they don't really have a choice because, you know, the gig economy has been created over time. Meanwhile, the CEO of Uber just purchased a $72.5 million home. Um, that shouldn't happen. He was able to purchase that home because of the labor of the people who drive for the service. Um, so they should be getting a fair living wage. Now, the person who invented Uber, should they, you know, get the financial reward for inventing that thing that has taken off? Sure. I, you know, I'm not against that. That's fine. They invented something. It worked out. Folks are using it. Yeah, that's fine that, that they that they get a, a nice hearty reward for that because of their invention. Nothing wrong with that. But should it be to a point where the people driving have to live in their cars while you get a $72.5 million home? No, that's not okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's like like this this whole capitalist system. It's uh, The owners are always... Um, you know, running away with the riches, and these—you know—they seem to want to buy out politicians so they can keep more and more of their wealth. But people don't understand. Well, and we're sold—we're sold a lot of lies. I mean, we're sold this lie that the whole—you know—the whole thing about like like the innovative spirit and the kind of garage inventor mentality that is linked to capitalism. It really isn't. That's just a lie we were sold. Um, that's really just linked to, you know, the idea that, that somebody can, you know, be an entrepreneur or can have that entrepreneurial spirit. That's not directly linked to capitalism. You could have a society where you still have these markets where, you know, Joe America, if he wants to start a pizza shop, he can start a pizza shop. 
but, you know, when Joe needs workers for the pizza shop, they get a seat at the table and they get a living wage and, and they see uh, part of the, um, you know, they see part of the revenue from their labor. But I think it's got to go uh, more than that. I mean, you know, if you watch, uh, you know, Dr. Richard Wolf, who's promoting um, working co-ops, where all the workers, right. you know, get a get a, a slice of the pie. That to me makes more sense because, you know, let's face it. If you have a business that you know that needs more than one worker, then I I feel, you know, uh, all the workers should get uh, not only uh, you know uh, a living wage, but uh, they should at least get to share in 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 the wealth of the business because they're making it happen. You're right. Yeah, it's just not the one guy making it happen. It's it takes a team. That was what I meant by seat at the table. You just said it in more words than I did. But yeah, I, I agree with you. So, uh, you know, I I think we're we're in agreement on a lot of things. But um, uh, I just want to ask you about the the 2020 election. Um, is there a candidate that you are going to support? In the uh, I'm not. I'm not decided yet. I mean, I'm, obviously Bernie and Tulsi are my top two. Um, I'm kind of hoping that they eventually team up. I think that they would be a, a very good ticket. The two of them. Um, I know some people are saying Nina Turner will likely be Bernie's VP pick. I don't think she's interested in the job. I like Nina Turner a lot, um, but I don't know if that's the position she wants. Um, if it is, I, I'd be with a Nina Turner VP and Tulsi maybe Secretary of State or something like that. But, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Um, and a lot of these other kind of more centrist incremental candidates, um, not only am I not a fan, but I also don't see any of them beating Trump. Um, and it doesn't matter what I say or what I do or how I vote. I don't see any of them beating Trump. I think Joe Biden would lose to Trump. I think Kamala Harris would lose to Trump. I think Pete Buttigieg would lose to Trump. Um, so, you know, right now I'm supporting not only the candidate whose policies I am in line with, but I'm supporting the candidates who I think could actually beat Trump. I think Tulsi Gabbard, if given the right platform, could beat Trump. I think Bernie Sanders could totally beat Trump. Well, but here's the thing. Like again, I, I agree with you know uh, politicians like uh, Cortez and Tulsi and Bernie Sanders. They have you know they have ideas that are going to help the majority of people for sure. Um, I just don't feel that uh, the system is going to support them. You know, if we look back at the 2016 election, I know we we you know people harp on it a lot, but it's uh, it's you know it, it, you really have to understand how the and I'm not talking to you directly, Ron. But to, to most of the people out there that, yeah, the, the progressives like uh, Telsey and, and Cortez and, and Sanders, you know, they, they won't allow these people to, to win, which is very frustrating because, again, you know, Sanders has got a lot of uh, great ideas um, that, that can help the majority of people. So um, just to ask you directly, I mean, if Telsey if, if doesn't get nominated, uh, let's say for Joe Biden it gets uh, nominated for, for leadership of DNC. Moving forward, uh, would you support anybody in the next coming election that perhaps no, no. May, might, might have progressive ideas? Describe, 
describe your scenario again. Joe Biden gets nominated to lead. You mean Joe Biden is the 2020 nominee? That's right. Yes, that's what I meant. Let's say if if Joe okay. Biden gets it becomes the leader of the of the DNC and he goes up against uh, Trump. Do you do you figure maybe at that point that look, you know, these progressives are not going to win. They 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 just will not allow them. Would you would you participate in another election after that moving forward? Well, I would, I would participate. I mean, if, if Joe Biden's the nominee, I, I would likely vote for the Green because, you know, I mean, first of all, I live in California. And, um, you know, if there's not somebody who I'm voting for, um, you know, then I'm, or excuse me, if the Democratic nominee is somebody I, I want to vote for, then I will vote for whoever the Green is. Um, because, you know, if I voted for Joe Biden, it would not be a vote for Joe Biden. It would just be a vote against Trump. And, you know, you're kind of stuck in a very significant rock and hard place because, you know, Joe Biden is pretty terrible and is fairly different than Trump. Uh, Trump is also terrible. So you're facing this thing like, well, if I vote for Joe Biden, it's, you know, he's probably not going to be as severe as Trump on the surface. The problem is he's still going to be pretty terrible. And then we're going to face a big problem four years from now because there's going to be a lot of people that think they just had four years of progressive policies because Joe Biden was in office. They didn't. They would have had four years of right-wing policies. But uh, then you have to overcome that, where it's like, okay, people think, because that was a big problem with Obama. People thought that they had eight years of progressive policies. They didn't. They had eight years of Mitt Romney-esque policies. Barack Obama himself describes himself as a moderate Republican. That Those words came out of his mouth, Barack Obama. So... We had a big problem where it's like, well, people thought, oh, gee, we just had eight years of progressive policies. My life didn't get any better. I'm still working two and three jobs to survive. Um, you know, student loan debt is still out of control. My health care costs are still out of control. I'm going to take a chance on what this snake oil salesman named Donald Trump is selling. So, you know, if we did get something like a Biden presidency, um, it would be four years of, you know, pretty much nothing. And then the Republicans would be able to put up whoever they want, and that Republican would crush Biden. Um, I think this, for instance, would never happen anyway, because I think there is no chance in hell Joe Biden would beat Trump. Um, that guy just has way too much baggage. Um, he's way too uninspiring, and he's already, I mean, you know, if you saw the, the debate, I mean, he was just a punching bag for everybody up there. But, um, you know, getting back to your uh, question, uh, you know, will I just support some establishment candidates for the sake of supporting them? Uh, no, I don't plan on it because I know that continuing to just participate in that system um, is not going to lead to a shift in the status quo that we so desperately need. Well, let's let's hope that Tulsi or, 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 or Bernie Sanders gets uh, uh, gets to run against Trump because you know America uh, they really need uh, some progressive ideas. Um, because they're really suffering a lot. And I mean, uh, I mean, uh, we're no better up here in, in Canada. So uh, I, I, you know, I hope that uh, some progressive wins. Uh, that's for sure. Now, Ron, I want to thank you for. Well, do you, do you support, sorry, go ahead. Oh. Sorry. Do you support? Do you support Trudeau? No, you see, I don't because look, I, I've been around politics for a long time, and I, I even voted for for a third, fourth party. And that never panned out. What, what ended up happening was the, was the conservatives took over the party and then they called it conservative again. Um, I mean, examples like that. I just feel that the, the system is not for the people. It's, it's for the rich. 
and participating sure. in it, participating in it is, is only going to make things worse. I mean, that's just my opinion. And again, like there's people out there like Deb De La Piana, who's promoting something called ungovernables, where she's basically saying, you know, like you were saying, we need civil disobedience. I mean, Chris Hedges has been, uh, has been calling for civil disobedience because he was asked the question. Right. I mean, what do we do? We, we, we've, we've exhausted all of our, of our options or, you know, and Chris basically said, Chris Hedges said, we need civil disobedience. We can't vote any so longer. You, we can't. We can't depend so on the system. Just, do you just not vote at all? I, you know, it's. I mean, I'm just asking. Like, no, that's fine. No, no, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying, Ron. But the thing is, no, I, I, I don't vote because, and again, okay. that, that's just me. That's just me. I, I don't want to insult people that vote because that's not that's not the right thing to do either. Um, I just, again, I just feel I, I don't feel picking the lesser of two evils is is the way to go because nothing will get resolved nothing will get resolved it's just it's just a cycle uh and uh that that's how i feel anyways but i respect people's um opinions and their decisions on what they want to do I, and we have to respect that we you know we we can't uh, attack people for 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 doing something that they disagree with so but Ron, yeah, dude, I mean, hey, I, I, I totally understand. I'm not. Yes. Uh, I, I was just, uh, I was just curious where you were coming from. I, because I, I, I certainly understand that frustration, and I don't, you know, I, yes, I don't very frustrating. Don't yeah. vote. My only, my only thought on that is, um, and and I, you know, I, I can't really speak to Canada because I'm, I'm not as, you know, like I don't know your system as well. Like, yes. You know, I live in the U.S. or whatever, but um. You know, when I have this conversation with people, and I, I have a lot of friends and colleagues who, who choose not to vote, and, and, you know, one of the reasons I say, like, in a, in a presidential, for instance, why I would vote for the Green is because, you know, if you get, and actually they're trying to change this, but, um, but you know, as of now, until hopefully this doesn't change, but um, if a smaller party gets to 5%, um, they then get federal funding, which would slowly make them more competitive. So, you know, I feel that there's still something constructive to be said by voting for a Green Party candidate, especially in a place like California, because, you know, hopefully that would lead to a better tomorrow where if they get 5%, they become more competitive. Um, but the other thing I say is that, you know, I feel like here in the United States, voting locally, I, I, our priorities are backwards. You know, there, there's that whole cliche that I disagree with, and I'm sure you disagree with too, where they say, oh, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I think that's ridiculous for a number of levels, and I'm, I'm sure you're in agreement with that. But I think that part of the problem too is our voting priorities in the United States are completely backwards. Whenever they say that cliche, they're referring to president. And that's by far, in my opinion, the least fruitful. If you're going to skip an election, that's the one to skip. The most important time for you to show up uh, at the ballot box is when it comes to something local in your community. That's when it's the most important. I'll, I'll, I'll use California as a, for instance, you know, we had a chance to get a public bank in California. It was on the ballot during our midterms. And that was something that started locally just at a city council meeting in Los Angeles. And they built a movement around it, and they kept showing up until everybody on city council was sick of seeing their faces. And it was a hell of a movement. Shout out to the people involved in that. Um, and they got it on the ballot. Um, you know, they showed up for rent control. And, and unfortunately, neither of those things passed. But, you know, my thing is, 
you know, we're taught this, like, kind of nonsensical thing, that the most important is presidential, the second most important is the midterms, and the least important, in fact, the thing that a lot of people don't even bother paying attention to is, is local. Um, as far as the ballot box goes, it's the complete opposite. The most important is local. That's where your vote really does matter. And, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say that corruption can't happen. Of course it can at any level. But at the local level, there's significant more accountability because the people are showing up and the people are speaking about these things. Um, so I think that's part of the problem is, is that, and, and maybe it's the same in Canada, maybe it's not, but, you know, here it's like our priorities around voting are 100% backwards. You know, you, you hit it right on, you hit the nail right on the head. It, it has to start locally. And I agree with you 100% because, you know, you make the most impact locally. Uh, and I did follow that, I did follow that bank, the, the People's Bank in LA. And, that, and uh, I don't know whatever came out of that. Did the people actually did, did they, did they get their own bank down in LA? Well, no, it, it lost. I mean, it lost, it, okay. It didn't, it didn't, I mean, they had a hell of an effort, and, and they're going to try again. And, and, you know, I know some of the people involved with that. They're doing great things. I, I tried to do my part to help. I mean, I, I you know, publicized it on Getting Your News on the Ron. We talked about it over on the Jimmy Dore Show. Um, you know, they did lose this time around. I think a lot of people don't realize how significant something like that is, where you have a public bank where there's accountability for the city and for the budget instead of just all that money going to some entity like a Wells Fargo, um, who is, you know, or, you know, Wells Fargo was just, uh, just the first name that popped in my head. You didn't put any name in there. They're all pretty much equally evil. But, you know, instead of going to, to a pipeline or going to oil and gas or something else terrible, it actually stays in the city and there's accountability for it. I mean, that could change the country. And if something, you know, an entity like a Los Angeles, who's, you know, one of the bigger cities in the country and, and, and kind of, you know, by default is sort of seen as, as a, quote, leader, if Los Angeles started that, because there's places that already have them. Um, there's a place in North Dakota that's had a public bank that's for right. years that really benefits their community. If somewhere like a Los Angeles could kind of, like, take the reins, lead by example, get something like that done, and the rest of the country is taking note. Um, that can really change the face of the entire country. So, you know, I, I think a lot of folks don't realize how big of a thing that is on the ballot yet, but, but I hope that the movement continues to grow, and next time it, it's on the ballot, you know, it, it passes. Yeah, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more because, I mean, money's, money is what the, uh, makes the country go. It makes the state go. It makes the city go. We need money, unfortunately. And here in Canada, we, we, you know, our central bank, the Bank of Canada, uh, before 74, issued money, interest-free, to all the provinces for budgetary, for infrastructure. And then the BIS, the, uh, the, the International Monetary Fund, they're the same. They came in after 74, and they, they actually, it was Trudeau's dad, who was the, the prime minister at the time, and told him, look, you can't lend money out interest-free. You have to go through a private lender. And that ended the Bank of Canada in 1974. And, and just to, to, to end that, you'll notice that our debt from 74 after 74 skyrocketed. Why? It's simple. Because we borrowed money from private banks at, at compound interest. 
and now we have uh, we have such a debt problem like the states um, because the banks don't belong to the people because if they did there would be no talk about debts so I you know what I'm so happy that the city of Los Angeles took this initiative and I hope they keep fighting for that because if it starts in Los Angeles it's going to be like wildfire people are going to see how much logical sense it makes to, to have a people's bank instead of a private bank. So I totally support that 100%, Ron. So if you were a resident in Los Angeles, you'd show up and vote for something like that? Absolutely, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I can yeah. agree with you, That's more. the thing. Our, our priorities are backwards. That, that's what really needs to change. Okay, so, Ron, I... I you know what, what they are. I don't mean yours and mine, but... No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I just wanted to say, uh, I, I, we're running up uh, against the clock here, and uh, I just want to thank you for coming on. Uh, this has been very, very informative. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks so much for having me. This was a blast, and uh, yeah, best wishes to you. Thank you. And uh, before we end off, uh, uh, you, you do have a YouTube uh, channel. I've watched it. Uh, do you want to promote that? Yeah, please. Uh, thank you. I uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ron Placone, and uh, you know I, I tweet a good bit. So please follow me on the Twitter at Ron Placone. My YouTube channel is just YouTube.com/RonPlacone. I stream live every Monday through Thursday with my show Getting News on with Ron, where people tweet me articles and they drop ideas on our Reddit subsection and articles. And that's how we build the show. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a viewer. The viewers decide what we talk about, and we kind of just get our news on together and figure out what's going on in the world. So I'm seeing everything for the first time. It's just kind of a fun way to get your news on. Uh, so that's Get Your News On with Ron, and you can find that over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ronplacone, ronplacone.com for all my tour dates, which uh, I, I want to get up to Canada. I, I don't have any Canadian dates in the pipeline right now. Um, pipeline might have been a bad choice of words there. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any Canadian states in the plans right now. But, uh, you know, I got a lot of love for uh, your town, Toronto. I got to go to a Maple Leafs game uh, last time I was in Toronto, and it was a blast. I'm a big hockey fan. Um, nice. I'm not trying to pander. I am genuinely a big hockey fan. <laughs> uh, nice, nice. My team's the Penguins, so there. Now you know I'm not. Great team, great team, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I, I, we got to do some Canadian dates. I tour with uh, Graham Elwood. We, we do a, a tour called the Progressive Comedy Tour. But, uh, you know, you can check out all those dates at romplacone.com, at romplacone on Twitter, youtube.com slash romplacone, and thank you so much for having me. There, there he is, Ron Placone. Thank you so much, sir.